and I think that's giving you a very specific audience. I noticed in some of your comments that people were paying attention to that. And then you get these these viewers that want to watch a bunch of videos on your channel. And that looks so good for the algorithm, right? Yes. Like, yeah, I do. Like I said, I've had 1.1 million views in the last month, and I only have 19,000 subscribers. Wow. So they, they get in there, and they just watch video after video. Tim, welcome to the Creator Files podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So tell us about your channel. Your channel's um, about horse training, correct? Yes, I, I train horses, and basically what I do is I video what I'm doing in the training and then post that on my, my channel. And how long have you been doing it for? Uh, about three years consistently. Okay. I, I started the channel before that, but I really wasn't posting that much to it. And what got you started on it? I actually had a friend suggest that that if I would post what I was doing in the training, it would be good for my training, and it, it really has. So you started this channel, and you weren't even intending to grow a YouTube channel. You were just trying to help your clients see what you were doing. Is that correct? It, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Really, all I was trying to do was to show my clients that I was really feeding their horses, and I was really riding their horses. <laughs> yeah. What kind of feedback did you get from your clients? Were they really appreciative of those videos? Oh, yeah, very much appreciative. And then I realized really quick that I couldn't just video certain horses or once or twice. Everybody was expecting regular videos. Interesting. And, uh, it really took off quick. And did it take a lot of work initially when you weren't even uploading to YouTube? The hard part was figuring out how to get quality video with quality audio because mm -hmm. that's totally new to me. I had knew it, didn't know anything about it. So tell me about and those challenges. How did you get past that? A lot of trial and error. I, I started off, I bought uh, the, the Pivo that follows you around. That didn't work for me. Didn't have any Zoom because I move around a lot. Uh, so I, I knew pretty quick I was going to have to have somebody to actually operate a camera. So okay. that, that happened pretty quick. And then audio was a problem because I'm riding a horse and sometimes I'm getting a little bit of distance away from the camera <laughs> yeah. and I'm talking while I'm riding and it, I tried recording audio and video separate and I had a lot of issues there that I couldn't work out so I had to get a Bluetooth system that actually had a, an extra far distance. The Bluetooth is good to I think 300 feet and that's what I'm using right now. Smart. I can imagine that'd be so hard to have the rustling of a lab mic or something while you're trying it to ride. It was my sat my saddle squeaks, my shirt <laughs> bounces. Uh, sometimes you can't hear me over the birds and everything else, and it's it's that that was a big challenge. Right. Yeah, that's huge. And so, did you hire somebody to do the camera work for you? Yeah, I actually got my sister, um, and she was very willing to help, and that's worked out great. And she was the same situation as me. She didn't know anything about what we were doing either. Mm -hmm. We just kind of muddled through it. And really, we weren't really trying to produce high-quality videos. We were just trying to produce something reasonable. Right. And so we it worked out pretty good. You can see your studio and my studio looks whole lot different i don't i don't normally video in here so. right that's just fine we so appreciate you being on the podcast and and so did your your production 
quality change? Did you try to up the production quality when you decided to start uploading to YouTube and to Facebook, or did you keep it the same as what you had when you were just sending them to your clients? I, I did try to up, raise the quality. I think um, that was pretty important. And trying to get the camera like zoomed in on what you could really see that I was doing. I do very little editing. I produce a video a day. And basically I get on the horse, ride the horse, and talk about what I'm doing. And that's what I upload. So it, it's pretty simple. Yeah. How long does it take you per day to make these videos? I guess in addition to what you'd already be doing. Because you'd already be riding these horses, right? Yeah, it takes me about an hour to produce about a 15, 18-minute video. That's not bad. Not bad at all. And yeah. how many videos are you publishing? How frequently? Uh, every day. Wow. Awesome. And I produce to both YouTube and Facebook. And I take the same video and put on both. I started out putting them on Facebook because that's where my clients were. And then I went over to YouTube. Did you decide that you wanted Facebook to start suggesting them? Did you have them private originally? Or how did that work? As far as Facebook, I just posted them because honestly, I didn't really know how to do anything different. And the people that owned the horses was uh, commenting. And I think Facebook just started showing it to more people. And really, that that's what built up my, my customer base. Wow. And how, for how long have you been doing a video a day? That's amazing. Probably two years, wow. year and a half, something like that. How, how many days do you think you've missed in the last two years? Uh, not very many. Maybe, maybe 10 or 15. That's incredible. Wow. You do weekends too? At weekends too. Wow. What I try to do, I'll try to pick a, a Friday afternoon or like today, Monday afternoon. I try to do extra editing on Monday afternoons and Friday afternoons. So I actually do most of my video in a couple of days a week. That way you have some time I, off. Right. And then I also have a website with a blog. So I produce blog articles for the website. Wow. That's incredible consistency. How many of your viewers do you think watch consistently? Do you think you have a pretty substantial your base? I have a very, yeah, I have a very loyal customer base. I see the same people commenting on every video. I have a really great customer base. That's awesome. So before this, we were talking a bit about your playlist strategy. Tell us about that because that's just really cool to me how you use a playlist to get these consistent viewers. So what, what I do, every horse that comes in for training has a playlist. So you can pick a horse, just whatever you, the horse that you like and follow that horse's training videos throughout his progress, whether I have the horse month, two months, six months, whatever. And uh, it's pretty interesting to be able to follow his training as he comes along. Yeah, and you say that people people really want to follow these horses, and they comment saying that they're like following the story of these individual horses, right? Oh, absolutely. If, if I miss putting out a video, I get all kinds of comments, are you putting out a video today? So wow. People are looking for it. It's really interesting. They'll notice. You know, I never expected that. Yeah, that's so cool. And that's such a good way to get like this loyal viewership because they're following a story and they're waiting for the next video because they're getting attached to these specific horses. It's really exactly. brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me because it's, it's an informational channel, but you've made it so entertaining and given people a reason to get attached to horses and watch every video instead of just watching the ones that would be relevant for what they're trying to learn that's a really good strategy and I think anyone listening 
can really use this strategy on their own channel is, you know, make playlists based on what you think people are going to want to watch based on either their experience level or something like a story. If you can get them invested in a story to follow along with, that is a really good strategy and you're implementing it really, really well, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Every horse is almost like their own little mini series on TV. That's so cool. And do you have other playlists aside from just the playlists featuring the individual horses or no? I, I do some. I have some. How I started off my playlist was working certain things, steering problems, stopping problems, that kind of thing. But one thing I learned pretty quick is if I put out a video that talks about how to stop your horse, how to steer your horse, that kind of thing, that really doesn't get that many views. A big part of my audience don't even have horses. They're just following to follow the horses. Really? And then the ones that do have horses that have problems, a lot of times they don't even really know what the problem is, but they, they watch my videos and something clicks. Oh, I, I need to do that with my horse. That's so interesting. So would you say that the majority of your viewers, do you suspect, are just watching to be entertained and they don't have horses? It's a very large part. I don't know if it's the majority, but it's uh-huh. a very large part. That is so interesting. And do you think YouTube is having trouble finding your audience because of that? It's it's not sure if it's people with horses trying to learn or people that just want to be entertained? That has definitely been a problem. And I think that's a a reason why my subscriber base has been slow to grow. Because you can put into what you like that you like horses, but is that a person that just likes pictures of horses or people competitive in the horse world? And there's a big spread there. So... a lot of what I produce appeals to certain people, but not other people. And do you find that the videos that are more informational do better or worse than the entertainment ones? It sounds like the entertainment ones might do better. The entertainment ones do do better. But a lot of times what I'll do, I'm working on something that's informational and training wise, but I kind of word it in a different way that it's more like this horse needs to do this to get better. And this is how we're making the horse better. Smart, smart. You're figuring out how to draw in that audience that doesn't really need to know these techniques for themselves. And do you notice a difference on Facebook versus YouTube on um, if people seem to be watching more for entertainment value on one or the other versus the information? There is definitely a difference. Uh, I rarely have a video go big on both Facebook and YouTube. It's usually one or the other. And But it's hard to say what people on each site like. I think it's more how the two sites serve the videos. Interesting. And how many followers do you have on Facebook versus YouTube? On Facebook, I have just under 80,000. And on YouTube, I have just under 20,000. Wow. But you're saying the revenue ends up being about the same from ads on both platforms, even though you have so many more Facebook? Actually, is as far as views. Let's like uh, YouTube. I have my analytics pulled up over here. In the last uh, 30 days, I've had 1.1 million views on YouTube and 1.5 million views on Facebook. And my YouTube video is about double my Facebook. So you're getting double the revenue even though you have way 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 less views is that correct yes that's correct but clients you're getting clients from these too do you think you get more from facebook as far as clients go just about all of my clients come from facebook okay and how do people find you on youtube if they want to work with you do you have like a link to your website in your descriptions or 
your about page email? Do you know how people are finding you if they do want to hire you? In the about me, they can reach me through the about me section. Okay. And all of my videos have those links in the description. Okay, perfect. So they have ways, but for some reason, Facebook is just converting a lot better for those actual clients. Yeah, and I think if, if somebody has a horse and they're considering sending to a trainer, they would go on Facebook to look for one more likely than they would go to YouTube to look for a trainer. And so do you usually find that when you do get a client that's aware of your channel, have they been watching for a long time or they were just searching for a trainer and then you looked like you had so much experience because of these videos? Most of them have been watching for a long time. Really? Cool. So what do you think sets you apart in your industry? What, what do you do differently than other people? I think most of the other horse training sites that I've seen, they don't show the whole program like what I have. They'll, they'll show working a horse here and there, maybe working a specific problem. But basically, when you follow me, it's like standing there watching me train a horse. And when we video, we video Monday and Friday mornings and whatever horses I'm riding that day, that's what we video. So it's just like standing out watching me train them. I do very little editing. And I think that really kind of sets me apart because I, I want people to really see what goes into the training. It, to really get a horse trained good take, takes time and it takes a lot of little steps. And that does turn some people away because they want to see that instant gratification. But the, the clients that I want to reach, I want them to see what it really takes to train a horse. And have you noticed that people appreciate that you do it that way, at least that you're kind of curating an audience that appreciates that? Do they notice that, do you think? For the most part, yes. Yeah, they definitely do. I, I've had a couple people say you need to take the whole training and put it into one video so they can see the beginning to the end. But that's not, that's not what I want to show. I want to show the whole journey. You want to show that it's hard and that it's not. That's right. Place. It's hard and it takes time. Yeah. And, and, the, and the quality of the work that goes into it, that's, that's what I want to say. And I think that's giving you a very specific audience. I noticed in some of your comments that people were paying attention to that. And then you get these, these viewers that want to watch a bunch of videos on your channel. And that looks so good for the algorithm, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, I do. And I have, it, like I said, I've had 1.1 million views in the last month and I'll have 19,000 subscribers. Wow. So they, they get in there and they just watch video after video. Yeah. Have you ever checked? It's kind of buried in the analytics. You probably haven't. But on YouTube, you can find out what your average average number of videos on your channel viewed per viewer. It's called average views per viewer. And I'd I've be curious what yours would be. <laughs> we, we'll check on that after. Yeah. Maybe put it in yeah. the show notes because I bet yours is higher than most. It's, <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go to the advanced analytics, and it's really buried. I don't know why. I think YouTube should make that feature more prominent. Yeah, but. and I, I pay attention to that kind of stuff, but I was in the horse training business first, and I know my clientele that I want to reach. So I don't tailor my videos to YouTube. Mm -hmm. I tailor my videos to my clients. And it goes against some of what people talk about how you should make videos, but I have to do what's right for my business model. Yeah, and it's working for you. It's working so well. Yes. And you know, you're, I mean, you just said it. You're clear on who you are. You're clear on who your audience is. And it's clear that YouTube and Facebook both appreciate that because it's working for you. And you're making decisions based on these long-term goals 
and what you want long term instead of just chasing the exactly. views. Exactly. Instead of chasing analytics. Yeah, it's so much better. And so you mentioned the blog, you've got the Facebook, you have YouTube, you're doing the clients. How many different ways are you monetizing this business? I have several. I have the ads on the YouTube and Facebook. Mm -hmm. I have ads on my blogs. And I have Amazon affiliates, but I don't really do that much with Amazon affiliates. Um, I don't really try to go after that. I'll post like links to the bits that I use, the range that I use. It's mostly small dollar stuff. So that that's never going to be big, but I do have people ask me those questions. So I want to be able to send them to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's helping your audience. Yeah, exactly. And what's the biggest piece of the pie? Would it be the clients or the ads? At this point, I'm making more money on the ads than I am actually the trainer. Really? How cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And what's your long-term plan? Do you plan to train for a lot longer or pivot? Well, I'm almost 60 years old, so I'm thinking about the retirement. And I'm actually have some ideas about how I'm going to use this blog to further the monetization there. Not really ready to go into that. Okay. I think that's, that's going to end up being actually a bigger monetary than any of the rest of it. That's exciting. That's so exciting. And then you'll be really diversified among these different platforms, which is good, especially if part of your retirement is based on this, then you don't have as much risk. Exactly. Because right now, everything is dependent on me getting on a horse. And I get to a point where I can't get on a horse. Everything is shut down. And right. people worry about diversifying your income diversifying with ads and different things but with me i can only diversify so much because i have to get on that horse for right. everything to work <laughs> yeah i can see how that would uh, feel like a lot of pressure but it sounds like your audience is so loyal and you have so many videos up that even if you did have to stop getting on the horse for a little bit i think your channel would still kind of sustain itself for a while because there's so much content for your viewers to go through i think it probably would there's a lot of content i have a little over 600 videos uploaded wow. and i only have like 50 blog articles it's not many i'm really trying to push on those i mean that's a good start that's a lot more than a lot of people ever get to <laughs> that's awesome you should be proud of all of the content you've made. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really proud of how it's going. I really, th this was honestly a total surprise to me. All I was trying to do was show people I'd really riding and feeding horses. Yeah, I know it's nothing set in stone, but you mentioned a TV deal. Could you tell me about that? Yeah, I was approached by a production company out of New York, and they said what they want to do is basically take what I'm doing and make a TV show out of it, like a real life follow the trainer around follow the horses around basically just what i'm putting on youtube and uh we're talking about the, we're in the contract phase of that working that out if it all goes together they said around the first of the year wow so it'll be kind of reality or not really documentary more just somewhere somewhere in between okay. yeah it, it's kind of reality i mean you're following these horses um but it's kind of not, too. It's, it's yeah. reality and entertainment mix. Not a lot of drama. Maybe more like a cooking show where they're showing them how to do it type of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I, I, one big thing is I keep everything down with drama with the horses. You don't want... Drama is bad in horse training. Yeah. So I bet. When you see, yeah, when you see me working a horse, I'm very, very monotone. Very My emotions go, never go up or down in this space. It's just we're asking his horse to do this yeah 
And do you have any boundaries around, you know, how you'll adjust your training or what they can do when they're trying to produce this, this TV show? Are you concerned about how much control they might very, want to have? Very, actually, very much. And that's why we're so long working the contract out. Oh, smart. Good and for you. We'll see how that works out. I actually had a friend of mine that had a TV deal with RFD TV. And he shut down his training business to make videos for RFD and did about five videos and got his show canceled. And then he couldn't get his training business started back up. So if I do the TV deal, it has to fit in with my my business plan as a whole. Yeah, I think that's really smart to keep a good thing going. You're happy with where your business that, is. That's right. But yeah. Be open to the opportunity. I'm really excited to see where that goes. Okay, so tell me about how you're getting engagement on your videos. You had a neat trick. Tell me about that. I used a couple of different things, and I found this one out by accident, totally. And I'll use two words that sound alike, that they're T-H-E-I-R and T-H-E-R-E, and I'll, I'll put that in intentionally because people love to correct you in the videos. <laughs> they want to point out every time you mess up. So uh, my my longtime viewers know that I do it, and it's almost like a game to see if they found them. At the end at the end of the videos, I'll say there was one or there was two, and see if they found them. And so it's kind of like a game. And I don't do anything to ask for subscribers, likes. I don't really? I don't ask for any of that. And what I do is just engage with them, just like if they were engaging with me right there in person. You get the people that want to correct you that don't realize that it's a thing, but then it, I think it builds this kind of like community feeling with the people that, that have it this inside joke with you. Does. Yeah, and, and it was all by accident. I'm sure I just typed the wrong word one time, because but basically that's the extent of my edit, and I'll, I'll play the video, and of course the video that I'm talking has its subject line, and then in my text, all through the video, I'm basically carrying along like a, a second subject line throughout the video, talking about different things, whatever it might be. Uh -huh. And um, just whatever I forgot to say or didn't say when I was on the horse. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry, I should have mentioned at the very beginning. What is the name of your channel? Uh, Tim Anderson Horse Training. Okay. And your website is that as well? It, helpwithmyhorse.com. And for anyone watching... You can check out the channel, but don't subscribe unless you actually want to watch these videos because that can actually cause some problems with the algorithm and confuse YouTube into thinking that Tim has an audience that he doesn't have. So definitely do not subscribe to Tim unless you, you want to watch these horses. <laughs> that's, that's very true, yeah. And I, that's why I, the way they serve the videos, it don't really matter if you subscribe or not. They're going to serve you a video that you watch. And the longer you watch, the more likely it is to serve you the video. Mm -hmm. And I actually have people that are subscribed that, for whatever reason, they'll pop up and say, I didn't even know you made a video. This YouTube didn't serve it to them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It should, should be showing up in their notifications. But I've even heard of that not always happening. And I'm not sure why that is. Yeah. And if it's anything like me, I get so many notifications, I don't even look at most of them. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't want Tim to have dead subscribers, so don't be a dead subscriber, <laughs> but right. check out his channel. His channel is really interesting. Um, and then on Facebook, so this is this is crazy to me. You were trying to get to the 10,000 followers on followers, your business page. Yes. And tell us how yeah. you did that. Well, I kind of found out, I don't know if you'd call it a loophole or exactly what you'd find out, but you're allowed to convert a personal page to a business page one time. 
and a business page, you have to ask people to follow you to get up the followers. Well, a personal page, everybody wants to click and say they have all these friends. So I basically friended everybody that I could until I got up to about 12,000 friends. And then I converted my page to a business page and I had 12,000 followers. That's so awesome. And how long did that take? How long did it take you to get all these 12,000 friends? Uh, probably two months. It wasn't much. Yeah. Everybody wants to say they got all these friends. So. <laughs> and, and in the beginning, I think it kind of set me back a little bit because a lot of these people didn't watch the videos. So mm. there was a little bit going on there. And then I still had to get the 600 minutes of you time to get monetized. But that got me past the first hurdle. Would you do that again? Or do you think it was more detrimental? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Everybody that I talk to that wants a business page, that's what I tell them they need to do. So how long did it take you to get the 600 hours after you had the 10,000 followers? Yeah, the, it's 600 minutes, and you have to have 600 Sorry, minutes in 60 days. So it's basically 300 minutes a month. I don't mm -hmm. know why they do it over the two months. That took me a few months, maybe six months, four to six months after I had my 12,000 followers. That took, that actually took longer than YouTube to get monetized. Really? And did you lose any of those 12,000 after you converted to a business page or nobody noticed? I don't think anybody noticed. What percentage of them seemed active on your business page after that? Very many? It's hard to say because I was just friending everybody. I, don't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even recognize the names. Uh, yeah. Know. Did it seem lively once you had the business page that people were really yes, right right away even yeah. though they're kind of and, and actually it, it it took me a while to realize that i needed to post the same videos on youtube and on facebook mm -hmm. so for a while i was posting mostly on youtube and not on facebook and it took me a while to figure that out and to figure out how to format format my videos so that i could edit it one time and then upload on both yeah without having to do a lot of edits and, and did you yeah. find the friends totally randomly or did you go to like horse pages and stuff on Facebook trying to find people that were sort of into horses? I knew a lot of horse people already because I've yeah. shown horses for many years. So, and I already had quite a few friends and friends of friends and most of my friends were in the horse world anyway. So once you friend somebody, then Facebook's gonna rec recommend you friend friends of friends. So mm -hmm. it was pretty quick. Cool, that's awesome. As far as doing YouTube and Facebook, believe it or not, we don't actually do that right now. We do shorts sometimes on, on Facebook, or we'll put a little segment that's maybe more than 60 seconds, but not a lot more than 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And we are looking for another challenge on the Creator Files podcast. So could you give us a challenge with us? I think you should upload a video a day on Facebook. I think anybody that's trying to sell any product or any service, you need to be on Facebook. You you probably will get some clients from YouTube, but the payoff is going to be on Facebook. Wow. Okay. And we, we are trying to, you know, convert people to Project 24. We have a lot of resources. We're not just trying to make ad money off people. And we also want to help people to be able to succeed on multiple platforms. So we'd really love to test this out and figure out if it's something that'll work well for our Project 24 members to do. So I'm excited about this challenge. Yes, I definitely would try it. And, and I, I'm not a Project 24 member, I should be. And, and honestly, I, there's certain areas of my videos that I know I want to be good quality, but a lot of the, 
the SEO stuff and the analytics stuff, I really, I don't even pay that much attention to mm-hmm. it. Well, we're going to try this out. We're going to try, I'm going to do it on Creator Files and definitely on probably Income School and Channel Makers. Maybe even our secret niche website that we, and YouTube channel that we can't talk about <laughs> right now. Um, just going to, we're going to upload those videos one a day, I'm thinking. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think one a day would be great. You have to give it Facebook a chance to serve the videos out. And I've noticed some people will say if you put out too many videos, that Facebook and YouTube, I think more pushes the newer one or more pushes the one out of the group that gets the most views. Okay. And all the videos that I do, I'll, I'll get a surge in the beginning, then they taper down. So about one a day works good for me, especially if you want to, if you're having some sort of entertainment or product. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to try that um, on multiple channels. With Creator Files, it'll only take about a week before we're caught up. Income School and Channel <laughs> Makers, we could go forever. Do you think yeah. we should start with a base or just just one a day and not start with uploading? I would much? start with just one a day. I, okay. I think if you start with a base, a lot of what's in that base is, is it going to really get served. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll try it and we'll keep everyone posted. I think we'll do it for at least 60 days unless something's going really wrong. <laughs> yeah, at, at least. It, it takes that long to really see the, the what you get out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm curious how our audience is going to respond because for so long we don't have a ton of stuff on the Facebook page. We maybe have one or two posts a week, certainly not every day. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it doesn't show too many videos to people to where they – just leave because they don't want to see that many of our videos. They well, and I think in a lot of situations, and I, and I heard this somewhere on YouTube. I couldn't even tell you who it was that that you should only be trying to sell a product of no more than one out of three videos, and then mm-hmm. your other videos are to build your community. And that's really, I rarely try to sell anything. I'm just trying to build my community, and everything just comes from there. I think people get too stuck on trying to sell something yeah definitely you're just being helpful which is why you have a ton of authority in this space i think because people see that you actually care about the horses you care about the slow process of training horses the right way instead of just Mm -hmm. going fast even though that could make for a more entertaining video in some ways to some audiences you care more about showing how it's actually done in real life the proper way to train a horse that's really respectful that's, that's what i try to show that's awesome well, thank you so much for the challenge. Thank you for talking with me today. And um, I can't wait to follow up and just hear about how you're doing in a few months. It's been oh, awesome. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed being here. Yeah, it's been great, Tim. 